It's the Healthy Woman Show on WJR with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I'm here tonight with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, the founder of the Michigan Center. And Dr. Carol, a really great show to kick off the new year. So excited, Anne, to start this year, 2023, with new baby, new you. We're going to talk about what to do to optimize your chances of getting pregnant, what to do if you're having trouble getting pregnant. I'm excited to tell you about a couple new satellites we're opening up in 2023. An interesting and informative show coming up next. WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, the founder of the Michigan Center. And Dr. Carol, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year and 2023. Can you believe it? No, I can't believe it. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I had two weeks off. I am ready to rare and go. Do you make New Year's resolutions? I do. I do. And you know what? I had a special birthday in December and I thought to myself, you know what? I need to uh, optimize my physical health, uh, but also my mental health. So there's a lot going on about just, you know, mentally being in a good place. Uh, I learned a lot with my daughter, Elise, about sleep and how important that is. And I think we'll have a speaker later this year about uh, talking about that. But you know, getting some good sleep and taking more time to uh, make sure I'm the best I can be so I can be the best for everybody else. How about you? I feel exactly the same way. Same resolutions. And also this fits perfectly with what we're going to talk about today, which is new year, new baby. Women out there are thinking about having a child and they do have to take care of themselves, both physically and mentally. So talk a little bit about that. Give some advice, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. So I th- thanks for letting me do this uh, uh, show tonight about all about fertility, because how exciting is it? You know, I mean, that's one of the big resolutions people have is they want to start a family and they're excited about it. And women are getting older when they are starting their families. uh, And that is because they are, you know, getting more educated. They're being more picky. They're waiting for their life partner later. So um, I think that there's some tips we can give women when they're pursuing a family to kind of optimize their chances, right? So uh, one of the things you want to look at is what your menstrual cycles are doing. So, um, you know, do you have regular periods? Uh, If you have regular periods defined as every, most books say every 25 to 35 day intervals, um, are you ovulating? And so if someone has regular periods, then that is, you know, reassuring in some degree that, you know, they probably have ovulation happening. Uh, If they have, you have irregular periods, if they're all over the place, or you only get a couple a year, uh, or they're outside those windows, then it may be time to talk to your primary care doctor to kind of figure out, you know, why those cycles may be that way. And if you truly are ovulating, Uh, there's ways to check Uh, over the counter or with calendars, there's temperature charts and there's prediction kits that, you know, we can go through at another time. 
uh, that your doctor can talk to you about to see if there's suggestions of ovulation, there's hormone tests and things like that. But uh, what the big thing is, you know, your menstrual cycles uh, also how old you are, right? So, um, you know, depending on how old you are and how many children you would like, uh, you may want to, you know, get more or less aggressive in when to try to get pregnant. So if you're over 35, we're going to talk about that in a later segment, but, uh, and you want four kids, you might not want to wait to start trying till summer or fall of this year. You may want to try, you know, sooner. If you're over 40, you may want to go to your GYN and say, Hey, you know what? I'm thinking of having kids. Can we get some hormones checked? Things like that. What is the sweet spot? For childbearing, is there a particular age that you think to yourself, oh, that's the perfect age to have a child? There's never a perfect age to have a child. We all know that, right? So, because um, <laughs> once you have a child, your life has changed forever, always in a good way. Um, but, you know, obviously the earlier in your, you know, the 20s is is when your your eggs are, are supposedly the best. So again, you know, women, we have all the eggs we have in our life. And um, they were, when we were in our moms, we had six to 7 million eggs in the ovaries. We were born, it went down to about one to 2 million. When we hit puberty, it went to about three or 400,000. So we have a finite number of eggs. And so that's how they calculated menopause, right? So um, from puberty to menopause is how they calculated the attrition rate of these eggs. So obviously the younger you are, you know, the less, environmental damage, the less, you know, recreational and social history can affect those eggs. Weight changes can affect those eggs. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things health-wise you can do to optimize the quality of those eggs, as well as the ability to ovulate as best that you can. What are some of the health recommendations that you have if somebody is thinking about having a baby this year? So what I would tell people is look at their medical history. And if they have a history that can affect how well you ovulate, then to follow up your primary care, your OBGYN to optimize those conditions, right? So if someone has a thyroid condition, we want to make sure that their thyroid is well controlled. We know that a TSH level is greater than 2.5 in many studies suggest higher miscarriage rates. So get it under tighter control. If you have antithyroid antibodies, we can't really fix those, but you know, a gluten-free diet will help to kind of chill those out. That's what the medical endocrinologists are also working on doing. Uh, if you have diabetes, right, high, di high sugar or insulin resistance, or if something called PCOS, you know, get your insulin levels in check, get your sugar in check. We want your hemoglobin A1C to be less than six. Higher than that increases miscarriage rates, stillbirths, uh, birth defects, problems with pregnancies, uh, diabetes in pregnancies, higher C-section rates and complications. Um, so if you have problems, you know, with those things, you need to have it checked. If you have a history of, say you had a ruptured tube uh, called an ectopic pregnancy, or you had fibroids removed, or you had a ruptured cyst, or you had an appendix that was inflamed, you know, that could all lead to scar tissue around the tube. So it might be worth following up with your primary care, or your OBGYN, to order a test called an HSG. Uh, the other thing is weight. So, you know, the ideal weight, uh, you know, if you are overweight and, and they used to say a BMI over 30 was like getting a 40 year old pregnant, you know, it's more, you know, more little higher is probably okay. But, you know, a BMI over 35 
to 38 cuts pregnancy rates almost in half and increases miscarriage rates. So, you know, yeah. So working on that weight would be very, very helpful and talking to your primary care and doing some things. And, you know, later this year, we'll have segments about optimal opportunities for weight loss, uh, because as part of Michigan Center, we have a wellness center called In Harmony. So I've got a team that focuses on how to lose that weight, you know, but working on that. Underweight too, if your BMI is less than or equal to 19, the thought is you have less pregnancy chances because the thought is there's less reproductive hormones that get uh, sub, uh, stimulated or, or produced to make good eggs. So if you're underweight, eat some healthy fats, avocados, nuts, things like that. So, so these are kind of health risks that you want to look at your own health history and say, okay, I'm ready to have a baby. Oh, I got this going on or I got that going on. And you know what? I better fine tune myself so that I can, you know, optimize my chance. Now, what about mental health? I know that's really important, too, because stress affects fertility. You know, that's a very good question. And it's very not easily studied. So um, everyone asked me about stress, right? Oh my God, my job is crazy. Uh, I've got a lot going on with my family. So there's data to support that even if women and couples are in high stress situations like, you know, uh, poverty, war, even the pandemic, people are still having babies, right? Mm, However, if you have some stress management skills, techniques, tools, um, either individual or group, pregnancy rates in many studies suggest that they pregnancy rates rise and even as high as 30 to 50%. So, you know, and then Recently, we all went, uh, we had gone to an IVF conference in the summer. And if you have a life changing event, like um, a death, uh, a divorce, uh, a, a, a change in job, stressful job, it may not be the right time or month to get pregnant. Um, and, and, and it may be something like I said, divorce, some women are, are planning on freezing eggs, right? And in the process of a divorce. So, you know, those are stressful times where cortisol levels go up and may affect stress, which then secondarily can affect hormone levels. So uh, it's something that we really can't measure, but if you can do things to help keep your stress uh, uh, manageable, I guess is the right way to say it. Right. Um, And this is the time for the women who are listening to be selfish, I always say, I changed that H with a T. So when you're doing things for yourself, you're not being selfish, you're being selfish. And like everyone has taught us, you can't take care of everyone else unless you are optimal for yourself. And so things that you enjoy, um, give yourself a half, this sounds crazy, right? Because we are, we do for other people, Give yourself at least a half hour to an hour a day to do something you enjoy, whether that is listening to music, whether that's going for a run, uh, reading a book, uh, doing some, getting a massage, you know, just do something so that you know that you're taking care of you. And, you know, the other thing is, if you're struggling with this, talk to someone. Yes. There's no harm, no foul. And just going and sharing your thoughts with someone, it'll make a world of difference. And you are 100% correct, Dan, because guess what? It's more common than you think. Everybody knows somebody struggling with fertility. One out of eight couples or 15% of of people will struggle with infertility. And you may not be infertile at all, but guess what? We're horrible reproducers, right? We have a 15% chance of getting pregnant per month. I mean, why we're all here? 
Hello. Uh, <laughs> we're all miracles. So, so don't get stressed either when it's not happening the first month. Uh, you know, in, in the next uh, two segments from now, we're going to talk about what these definitions are, but you know, don't panic if you're like, hey, come on over, babe, we're going to have a baby and your pregnancy test is negative. You got time, right? And so knowing that we only have a certain percentage a month should let people know that if they don't get pregnant the first or the second month, there's nothing necessarily wrong with them. And the more you talk to other people, the more you'll understand and appreciate that other patients and other people are in the same journey as you. And that just makes you more empowered to go through this having a baby. Absolutely. You're right about that. Let's take a quick break. And in the next segment, let's talk a little bit about the men's role in having a baby. We'll be back right after these messages. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, we are talking about getting pregnant, fertility, Mm -hmm. infertility. And in the first segment, we talked about the woman's role in this process. But now we're going to talk a little bit about the men's role. And there are a lot of things that people might not realize that goes into this for men. You got it. And and you know what? We can't have a baby without sperm, right? So um, so the guys are important too. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize that you know, 30 to 50% of the time when people can't get pregnant, that it's a problem with the guy. So, and the cool thing, let me tell you, I love working with the couples because these guys are so invested, you know, back in the day when I trained as a fellow and early, you know, it was always the woman who came in and, oh, I, my, my guy doesn't want to come in or da, da, da. But man, they are so invested and I love it. And, you know, as a matter of fact, it's funny, guys are so much more involved in the relationships right yes. now. Um, and, you know, <laughs> don't, don't laugh. I, I laugh because I go to a Kroger and I see a guy with a shopping list and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Oh, you know, my wife sent me to, it's my time to do the shopping. And I'm like, oh my God, you have a brother. You know, I still got to tell, <laughs> I, I still have to tell my husband to go get milk. And I love you, Johnny, but, um, but the guys are so involved anyway. So what can a guy do to optimize his fertility? Yes. So here's the deal. You know, the only thing I think that nature gives us an unfairness as a woman is that we have a finite fertility window, right? So, you know, again, in the next segment, you're going to get a little idea about those definitions, but guys are constantly making a new mix of sperm every 72 days and they're doing it in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, right? So, I mean, that's why Michael Douglas at whatever he was, got Catherine Zeta pregnant, whatever age she was. The oldest dad we have, I think was 72. Uh, So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, guys have that advantage, but um, so, but however, guys have things they want to do in their health history as well um, to make sure that they are getting checked if they have certain risk factors. So uh, if a guy has problems with their thyroid, uh, problems with a hormone called prolactin, if they're diabetic, uh, they can have problems with, uh, uh, especially being diabetic, uh, their sperm numbers, uh, with their count, motility, uh, shape of the sperm, all those things are important to be able to find the optimal sperm to fertilize that egg. 
Uh, sometimes when you are diabetic or you have hypertension, you have problems getting erections, you have problems ejaculating. And you, or in a diabetic situation, you have something called retrograde ejaculation where the sperm doesn't go forward, it backs up into the bladder. Uh, we can still use that sperm, right? We would, there's a certain prep and we can get that from the urine. But, uh, you know, so if you have medical conditions like those things, uh, those are opportunities for you to go to your primary care doc and say, look, I need to kind of go check and see, make sure my thyroid's good, my sugar's good, that all that is fine. Um, the other thing is weight for guys. So if you have a man who's very overweight, uh, the big panis, I mean, women tend to gain in their hips and some in the abdomen, but guys tend to do abdomen and, you know, the, 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 the testicles are down there for a reason. They need to be a little cooler, but if you've got this big panis that's overlaying these testicles, high heat situations can cause problems with the sperm. Uh, also there is more of an imbalance between your male and female hormones when you're overweight. And therefore that can affect the sperm production, um, high heat situations. Let's talk about that. So if you're in high heat, uh, you know, scenarios, like you're a hot tub guy, you're, a, you're, you're a hot shower guy, like my brother-in-law, God love him. He's in the shower for an hour in, you know, and it's like a hundred degrees in there and the steam's in the, all through the house. And, or you're the jacuzzi guys having a couple beers and you're sitting in the jacuzzi every single day for an hour, all that's frying that sperm. And, and you, not that you have to not do that, but you got to kind of chill it out maybe a little bit. Mm, pay attention. Um, you got it. And other things is there's something called varicoceles. Now, varicoceles are dilated veins in the testicle. 30% of guys will have them. Of those 30%, another 30% or so will have them big enough where the high heat of the vein can affect the sperm count. So if you see this kind of bag of worm look in the, you know, test the scrotal area, then that might be an opportunity to go to your primary care urologist and like, dude, I'm trying to have a baby. Is this going to be a problem? Uh, truck drivers, taxi drivers, bus drivers with long, you know, travel times, mm -hmm. they're stuck in this small cubicle and there's high heat there. Bikers. So, you know, bikers who are doing, you know, long distance bike rides, they're in the bike shorts. So there's environmental and recreational things that can affect smoking. Here's a social thing, you know, smoking more than a half a pack a day. Uh, you know, there was some data in the past that like one cigarette is a 1% decrease in your fertility. Um, alcohol can, can negatively affect, you know, marijuana, hookah. I mean, what one hookah hit is like hundred cigarettes or something ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, looking at what you're doing socially and recreationally uh, will also impact your sperm parameters. So guys have to watch what they eat and they have to exercise and take care of themselves too. You got it. So you know what? They have to really watch and main, maintain their weight, maintain their medical health. And we've had, you know, guys, uh, physicians on this show in the past where guys are not a doubt going to physicians, going to check it, to get checked out. Uh, they don't want to do it where we're kind of conditioned as women to have a relationship with physicians. Uh, guys are less likely. So, you know, they need to make sure that all of this is optimal so that they can have optimal sperm, you know, for their partner. What about mental health for guys? You know, mental health is not something that has been as looked at with regard to sperm production um, as much as women. And so it's a very hard call to say 
if there have been guys in very stressful situations. Now, if someone's had a cold, like we've seen guys with COVID, they don't feel well, they'll have this transient sperm change, um, but we don't see have a whole lot there. However, uh, we do know that as a couple, going through the pregnancy mm. process yes. can be stressful if it goes months and months and months and you're still getting negative pregnancy tests. So, you know, and men need to talk. So women tend to have more of their circles. Men tend to go in their man cave and they don't want to talk about it. And so they're kind of, you know, keep those emotions inside. And maybe it's because of, you know, history and and just how people are that they were the hunters and they you know had to whatever but talk about it so talk to your guys talk to your friends and i can't tell you how many guys have said man i didn't know that this was more common this journey of trying to get pregnant until i started talking to my buddy at the bar or the, my buddy at work or my buddy at the you know sports thing i was at so it's it's really important that keeping that communication with friends is important and also keeping with your partner and the other thing is during this journey make it fun so mm, yes. you know what it is you know make those date nights fun communicate you're on this journey together you know make it as fun as as possible and before we leave the men section i promised i would do this so skip if you're out there thank you for listening to our show it was so great seeing you on Sunday and keep it up, buddy. I love you. Hello, Skip, and thank you for listening. And <laughs> now we will take a quick break. In this next segment, let's talk more about the journey and how difficult it can be for couples and what to do about that. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We'll be back right after this. listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, really interesting conversation today about getting pregnant, fertility, and infertility. And I've got to tell you, I had no idea before I started doing this show with you how hard it was for people to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. But now, since I've been doing this show and you have educated me beyond belief, I really know a lot more about it. But lately, it's probably because my children are in the childbearing age. So I know a lot of young women trying to get pregnant. I also know a lot of young women, a lot of couples that are really having a hard time. Mm -hmm. And um, it can be a very stressful thing for couples to go through. But you're here today to kick off the new year and say, hey, don't be stressed. I can help. You got it. And you know what? Here's the thing. Um, you know, in the first couple segments, you got a little idea about what a woman and a guy can do to optimize their fertility. You have a little idea of how, um, you know, what our chances are of getting pregnant. So here you are. Now you're in a situation where maybe this new year is, yeah, we've been there, done that. And last year didn't happen. Now our New Year's resolution is to go get help and to figure out what's the deal and how we can have a baby. So Again, one out of eight couples or 15% of the population 
have a problem with getting pregnant. And so you're not alone. And that's the one thing you need to know is you are not alone. And this is a common medical condition, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you had high blood pressure or diabetes, man, you'd be at your doctor like yesterday and you'd be taking whatever drug you needed to optimize your health. And, and fertility is the same thing. It's a medical condition. And so it's my job and my team's job to help you figure out what the deal is and what's going on. So when do you go see someone like me? Well, the definition of infertility is the inability to get pregnant after a year of trying, if you're under 35, six months, if you're over 35, and yesterday, if you're over 40. Mm. So those are kind of the time frames for um, people to start looking and talking to their OBGYNs or a fertility specialist. So what's it like when people come to see you and they're concerned? What do you do? So A, make sure they're comfortable and may and and listen to them. So that is the most important thing. And and you know, doctors are getting better at listening. Uh, there was data that, you know, in the past that the doctor will give the patient, you know, what, a minute and a half, three minutes, you know, before they start talking. So uh, the first thing we do is we get a history to find out everything we talked about the first couple of segments, um, their menstrual cycle, their age, their medical history, psych, social, all that stuff for both couples. Um, and then what we do is talk about what a fertility workup entails. And it, it can be done in one menstrual cycle. So with someone's next period, uh, we there's three parts of a triangle. So there's hormones, sperm, and structure. And what we'll do is in the first early part of their period, cycle day two, three, or four, nothing to eat after midnight, we'll get a series of hormones to look and see what their hormonal profile looks like, right? Check that thyroid, check that prolactin, check that sugar and the insulin and all that. But also we're gonna check an FSH level. FSH stands for follicle stimulating hormone. And this is a hormone produced in the brain that if it's too high can affect, um, to tell you how young the ovaries are, right? Interesting. And if it's too high, your ovaries might be, you know, less young as the next person your age. AMH is anti-malarian hormone. This is produced in the ovary and it gives us an idea of how many eggs you have left to work with. In conjunction, we'll get an ultrasound that first week to look at your uterus, look at your ovaries, and do what's called a follicle count. And that is how many little cysts are in your ovaries that hopefully mm. could give us an egg. So that information, in addition, will give us an idea, in addition to age and weight, what a woman's fertility potential is. Um, then what we would do, somewhere in cycle day six through 12, depending on their history, is get something called an HSG or hysterosopingogram or a sonohistogram, uh, which will look at either through dye in the hospital or through saline or uh, in the office, what the cavity looks like and make sure the uterine cavity is normal and to see if the tubes are open. So if you have something in your cavity that can decrease your chance of success by 50%, like fibroids or polyps, and of course, we need open tubes because that's where the sperm and egg meet to fertilize. So we need to get that structural information. And then in those two weeks, because 30 to 50% of the time it's a problem with the guy, we're getting a semen analysis. And there's a special container that will not kill sperm. And there's instructions that guys will have to abstain from sex or masturbation two to seven days, no longer get it to our office within an hour and kept warm. And that's where we would uh, check the sperm as well. So in that first month, 
uh, they're doing that workup. They come to see for test results, right? And then we make a plan. So 90% of the time we can find a reason for your fertility problem. That's pretty and, amazing. That number's high. Oh, it totally is. And, and over you know 90% or so, there are treatment options available to you to have your family, right? Now, some of those options may be out of the box options. You know, we all have a journey and we're all on the freeway and we all want to get there, you know, on the freeway, but then there's a train wreck or a car wreck and you got to take a detour. We still get to your destination, right? So, you know, there's still options out there and a ton of them. And so the next visit is for you to talk to me or one of my PAs or Dr. Boudry's and say, all right, let's be a team. Let's see what we got. Let's see what all this means. And let's figure out a plan. What are some of the most common options, the easiest options for couples that are available once you determine a plan? So here's the thing. You know what? We Two, two answers to that. Number one is we're, we're not an IVF machine, right? So um, it's personalized. You want oh, to make totally. it clear it's yeah. personalized. I mean, I can't tell you how many places... I'll be very, very respectful. I like state your name, IVF, state your name, IVF. And you know what? IVF or in vitro fertilization, where we take the sperm and egg and fertilize in a lab. You know what? That may be the route you need to take. But my belief is everyone deserves to have choices, right? And everyone who comes to see me is very, they're very bright. They're very on it. They're very motivated. And you need to hear from me what the options are and what the success rates are. And then depending upon your age, the problem, and how many kids you want, together, I will not dictate to you ever, together, we will make a plan, all right? And so when you say what the easiest thing is, many times it is a pill, and there are a couple pills out there. Clomid is one where it's been around since the 60s, and it uh, works at the level of the brain to help regulate hormones and it'll ovulate. There's one a lot of us use, Femera, also called Letrozole. That is a breast cancer drug that balances male and female hormones. So, you know, we start with maybe if you are a candidate for this, uh, we start with medications like that, which are pills you take for five days in the beginning of your cycle with ultrasound monitoring. And then we do insemination, which is you still have a ton of sex, guys. So, you know, you all love me when I say that uh, a <laughs> ton of sex every other day. And they're all like, Woo yes, I love her. Um, but insemination is also taking the sperm and putting it into the uterus around when ovulation occurs. So, you know, if it's going to work, it'll happen in three to four months, no success. Then you're following up with me to figure out what else to do. The other simple thing to do, simple, maybe not so simple, is the inharmony part of our practice comes in where, you know, you can't benefit optimally from these medications unless you start out with the optimal you, right? Yes, right. So that goes back to our first segments where we're talking about, okay, let's look at your weight. Let's look at your stress level. Let's look and, you know, see what things we can do to naturally improve your fertility. So in my mind, traditional medicine is great, but not all that complimentary, great, not all that, but you put them together, they're going to complement each other. And so those are the, when we have patients in our consultation, we're not just saying, Hey, here's the Clomid protocol, but we're also saying things like do a plant-based diet, your eggs and sperm love antioxidants, 80% of your diet should be plant-based. Uh, let's do a sugar challenge. All right. Eggs hate sugar. So look at your labels, less than like less than 24 grams of sugar, like the American Heart Association suggested. So you know what? You want to chill out the sugar. Guess what? 
When you don't have as much sugar, you're going to lose weight. Let's talk about your mental health. Uh, do we do massage? Do we do acupuncture? Do we do stress management counseling? There are some fertility centers that, that require couples to go through a counseling corollary session while they're going through fertility. We have stress management counselors that are on our team to talk about that. So, so that is where we start if we can, based on the data we have. And there's all this new cool information coming out, new procedures that are out there that you've been really excited about over the past couple of years. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I don't know about how new they are, but they're being used more. More so, frequently, you know, would you say? More frequently, right. So, I mean, more people are, you know, I talked about the three to four month try of success. And if no success, go on to something else. Sure. So more and more couples are thinking about doing IVF, more insurances are covering it. It's becoming, you know, more um, attractive for employers to give this benefit to employees, which I am all grateful for. Um, but the thing with IVF is that you can get more information, right? So, mm. so you know what the egg looks like. You can make sure the sperm fertilizes the egg. You know the quality of the embryos. You can do something called PGTA, which is taking a look and taking a biopsy of that embryo and sending it to a lab to know if that embryo has Down syndrome, extra chromosome, absent chromosome, normal. So that information is very, very helpful for us. Um, we're talking about different frozen embryo transfer protocols uh, where there's different, you know, formulations of hormones. We also are starting to think that maybe a natural embryo transfer is better. And what that means is less drug. You know, if you have regular periods, maybe putting this embryo in when you're naturally ovulating and having that environment. So we're, we're looking into that as an opportunity and more and more people are, are, are programs, I should say, are, are trying to maybe consider doing that more and looking at comparative success rates. So that's pretty cool more and more egg freezing we're doing. Uh, those are where uh, women are, are interested, but they're know what, I don't have a good guy. I'm not interested in a sperm donor. So let's freeze my eggs because I'm in my graduate program or I got a new job or I'm in a job where I'm moving a lot. Um, I just did a couple today where they, uh, they're interested in, in advancing their careers and they're doing embryos and they're freezing yeah. embryos and, and for when they're ready. And, and so that awareness of, I know what I want. I know how many kids I want. And this is what my potential is. Um, I'm excited to be part of that. I bet you are. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the exciting things you're doing with the business. Yay! <laughs> we'll be back right after these messages. Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, happy anniversary. 20 years doing this is just so cool. You know, thank you so much. And I can't believe it's been 20 years, Ann. I can't believe it. When we left Hutzel to do this, and I, you know, never thought that we would, I don't know. I, I just am so grateful. And thank you for being so supportive of Michigan Center and getting the word out there and WJR. And I just, uh, I really appreciate, I really appreciate the support and you guys are great. And I hope we have another 20 more in us. I do too. You've got some pop-ups coming. Explain what these are, where they're going to be, and when we're going to be able to see them. 
So really excited. Uh, first of all, we uh, hired a new marketing director. She's wonderful. Her name's Elise and, and uh, brought us into the millennial world. Very excited about that. <laughs> so we're launching our new website and we're on social media, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. We're getting onto and, and I have, of course, the uh, podcast, Dr. C and the D. I know that we correlate well with you guys. Um, but I'm very excited to have two new satellites and they're going to start in March uh, in Grand Rapids and Lansing. So um, uh, in on Thursday, March 30th, uh, we are going to have uh, uh, office hours uh, in Lansing and then on March 31st in Grand Rapids. So very thrilled and uh, we're let, letting the news out. And I am also have in my mind a couple more satellites later in the year that we're working on, but wow. we're starting with Grand Rapids Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're 20 years young, man. Right. So you've uh, only just so begun, only just begun. So i uh, very excited about it. And for patients who are interested in signing up for that, they can do that through our Warren office. Uh, the number is 586-576-0431, uh, or they can go on mifertility.com and uh, we have the ability to uh, sign you up. And so we're going to be, you know, our presence is now in a couple more places and I can't be more thrilled. It's awesome. You also do have three other offices. Is that correct? Go over where those are just so sure. people who are out there and they want to get the help. There's beautiful offices right in the Metro Detroit area. Oh, thank you for saying that. So our base station is, the, is Warren. And so we are on, uh, in, on 13 and Mound. And then we have our West Bloomfield office, uh, we they have been in there uh, about six months. We were in Lake Orion, but they were too close together. So we moved it over there. And that's on Woodward, just north of Square Lake Road. And then our Plymouth office, which is on Haggerty. And uh, that is a wonderful, wonderful new place. And Dr. Boudry's, who is my associate, is uh, the one who's mostly out there. And then we share Bloomfield and I'm mostly in Warren. And then I have two phenomenal PAs, Alexa and Mandy, uh, who helped Dr. Boudry's and I in uh, coordinating the patient care and the most amazing staff in the world that I totally love and adore and uh, who are very, very passionate about making your family dreams come true. And, you know, these aren't just offices. These are not just doctor's offices. They're beautifully done. They're designed to make people feel comfortable. Talk about that. Well, thank you. I hate lab coats. Um, I right, always no, did. Don't. Always got in trouble for wearing. At Hutzel, I was like, girl, get your lab. No, I don't like them. So, I mean, we have no one wears a lab coat. Uh, it, we walk in. The whole idea is we want you to walk in and go, <sighs> and it has a spa-like feel, uh, hopefully. And, you know, we care about you. We, we not only care about what your FSH level is, but we care about what you did last weekend. We care about the fact that you're stressed at your job. We care about what vacation you went on. And so we become a family, I hope. And our biggest compliment is when patients are like, we don't want to leave. Can you deliver our baby? And I'm like, no, I'll probably drop. Child, because I haven't delivered in like a while. You don't want me to do that, but it's the biggest compliment because yeah. you know patients don't want to leave when they start with us, and 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 we love them like family as well. Well, congratulations, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. Here's to 20 plus more. Thank you, Anne. You're the best. So are you. You've been listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. On behalf of Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. I'm Ann Thomas, and we hope you have a great night.
The Healthy Woman Show with Ann Thomas and Dr. Carol Kowalczyk has been presented by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health.